What? 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 About. 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 What? 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 It's about. About. Welcome to What It's About, the podcast full of poorly researched and strongly held opinions. We are your hosts, Kyle and Claire. Hello. How are you today, Claire? <laughs> I'm in a very good mood and I'm very excited for this episode. Ooh, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I feel like I've twisted your arm on this one, so <laughs> I'm going to make you tell stories you don't want to tell. <laughs> Um, I'm a, I'm a great storyteller. I love telling stories. You are a fantastic storyteller. Five facts in five minutes. Who's going first, me or you? Uh, why don't you go? Okay. Uh, did you know that blood donors in Sweden receive a text message when their blood is used? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Do you have any idea why they would do that? So that people continue to give blood because it makes them feel warm and happy inside 100% yes um because apparently if you feel if you like know that your donation has been used you're more likely to continue to donate the blood doesn't all go into like one pool no 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 it does not it stays in the bag it comes out of you goes into a bag and it stays in that bag until it goes in someone else oh i figured they put it all together i think they can't mixy mixy Mm. Mm. Because also then, what if you had a bit of off blood? It'd like make all the other blood off. I have no idea. Do you I give blood? I am not a doctor. Um, I used to give blood quite a bit uh, when I lived in the US, yeah. You should give blood here. Next time I, I go to give blood, you can come. Um, I don't remember my blood type. Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> they <laughs> they tell that's you. that's an easy test. <laughs> um, speaking of tests, do you know what... CAPTCHA stands for. What, like an internet CAPTCHA? Yes, like... Um, I'm, I know what it is, but I don't know what it stands for. You want to guess? Um, How do you spell it? C-A-P-T-H-A? Yep. Cap, capfa. Ah. Cap, CAPTCHA. Um, no, I cannot even guess. It is the completely automated public Turing test to tell computers and humans apart. Oh, I've always thought that computers must be very stupid to not be able to do those ones. They can completely do them. Yeah. You know the one where it's like, line the puzzle up? No, actually, you know, I watched a really fascinating YouTube video about CAPTCHAs. <laughs> oh, God, Kyle. You go to some <laughs> weird places. Should I co-opt this episode <laughs> to talk about CAPTCHAs? Because I totally can. <laughs> we'll save that for a later date. Please send us an email if you'd like Carl to do an entire 45-minute <laughs> segment I, on CAPTCHAs. Can I tell you one thing? <laughs> okay, one thing. So actually, most CAPTCHAs that you fill out are complete bullshit. The computer already knows if you're human or not. It just does the tests How? to train its AI. Like, buy your scent. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, from your, from your behavior within the web page already. So, like, it'll track the speed of your mouse and how quickly you type. And, you know, if there's something to click on, you know, a robot will just click on it right away as soon as the page loads. Yeah. Um, but humans don't do that. They need to scan through websites and click to check off pertinent information and things like that. Oh, so they're just completely pointless. Uh, most of them, yeah. And, hmm. and Google just uses it to train its AI. 
That seems um, naughty. They used it to, well, first they were using it to help digitize their books that they had in, in Google Books, like words that were too hard to read and stuff. And then they used it to train their AI for the self-driving cars. And then um, now they're... Uh, now they're doing some combination of all those things, but really they don't they don't need that information at all. It's just they're using you. Mm, I don't like that. I don't like it and I don't understand it and I don't trust it. Well, <laughs> leads very well on to my next um, fact, Kyle. Um, have you heard of Symantec? Uh, is that the name of a company? It is. It's the name of a web security firm. No. Well, according to research recently done by Symantec, Religious websites carry three times more malware threats than pornography sites. Hmm. I find that slightly hard to believe. Allow me to read on. Symantec found that the average number of security threats on religious sites was around 115 compared to adult content sites, which carried around 25. In fact, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Your fact was about malware and this is about security threats. Yeah. Are they not the same thing? Well, there are many security threats that aren't malware, I think. Yeah, probably. So this was saying it's three times more likely for them to have malware threats. But then okay. also, then they go on to talk about security threats Okay. in general. Um, and they think it's because porn sites need to generate profit. So it's in their interest to keep them virus free. Did you know uh, last month, Berlin officially declared its nightclubs cultural institutions? Wow. Which I mean, means they're under a different protection by law than an entertainment venue, which would be like, a, you know, arcades and uh, uh, other other types of venues. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Have you ever been to a nightclub in Berlin? I have. They are wild. Which one did you go to? I went to, um, I went to like a totally underground like literally basement of an abandoned apartment building. Sketchy. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty bonkers. Yeah, I went to Kit Kat Club, which is wild. Very fun. And Berlin, what is Berlin without nightclubs? It's just a, a boring, another boring European city. I think that's their point. Yeah, yeah I, I support this. Um, my last my last fact. Um, so do you know who Frederick Bauer is? Bauer. Don't know how you say that. B A E U R. B A U R. No, I don't. He is the inventor of Pringles. Okay. <laughs> and he is now dead. Do you know what he is buried in? A giant Pringles can? A regular kid Pringles can. <laughs> <laughs> like just a normal sized Pringle can. Um, his ashes. Then. His ashes, okay. yeah. So after, apparently, this was his dying wish. Um, so on the way home from his funeral, his family stopped off at a supermarket to buy a can of Pringles. And apparently in the snacks aisle had a debate about what flavor can mm, he'd like to be buried in. He must in. have had a favorite, no? Well, can you guess what he would have gone for? Um, pizza flavored. He went for original. Ah, uh, okay. Frederick Bauer, an American classic. What a legend. Mm-hmm. There you go. Five facts, five minutes. That was probably pretty on five minutes, no? Actually... Ding, ding, ding. Claire, I've got a sixth fact. No, I will not allow. Well, <laughs> you made a promise to our listeners back in episode two or three. Do you remember what that promise was? Oh, my God. Don't hold me to things I say. You said that in episode 10, we would do a stats reveal. 
Oh my god, I I want to take it back. <laughs> I want to take that back. I want to take that back. Um. So, can you guess where a majority of our listeners are from? Um, America. Cause I'm proud to be an American, <laughs> where at least I know I'm free. Goodness gracious, mate! It's second England. Yes, it is. <laughs> how wait? How far behind you am I? Um. So 45% of the listeners are from the US, 24% are from the UK. Oh my god, I'm being so let down by my countrymen. Um, by a long shot, um, a majority of our listeners are using Apple Podcasts. Yep, uh, to be expected. Um, our majority age range is 28 to 34. Okay, that fits. 45% of our listeners are 28 to 34. Um, we have a handful of listeners in the 35 to 44 and 45 to 59 section. That'll be my parents. 12% of our listeners are over 60. Who? I don't know. I don't know either. Could be my parents. Could be. Uh, 4% are 18 to 22. Mm -hmm. And this is the actual scary one, is that 2% of our listeners are 17 or under. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I do mark them as explicit, so <laughs> it's not, not my fault, kids. <laughs> you should not be allowed to podcast unsupervised. Um, and uh, we are, oh, you may not be winning the country war, but 55% are female. Yes, at least I win the gender war. <laughs> 41% are male and 2% are not specified. Excellent. So, Kyle, today's podcast is about bad bosses. Ooh. Ooh, hot topic. Um, have you ever had a bad boss, Kyle? Um, I have. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yes. Okay. So I follow many people on the LinkedIn. Um, and there is this woman that I follow called Bridget Hyacinth. LinkedIn is probably my least favorite social media. Yeah. Quote unquote social media. It's probably the social media I spend the most time on. Oh, no. I Most of the time I spend on LinkedIn is removing connections from people. I do, <laughs> I, I do every week, literally. That, I don't think that's how LinkedIn's meant to work. <laughs> like, you're actively doing it wrong. No, you know what? I found that the more, the more connections you have on LinkedIn, the more you get connections from random people who I have no interest in talking to and probably only want to sell me something, but they don't even know what industry I work in, so they can't even sell me a good thing. Yeah, I mean, that does happen. Yeah, so when, like, if somebody... It, so I just I just remove connections from people. Like literally, I go in every week and I and I remove a handful of people that I don't know or haven't conversed with or something like that because I'm it cull these it people. makes the yeah it makes the rest of my time on the platform more valuable. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, it probably makes it harder for us to promote our podcast, though, doesn't it, Carl? Um, I haven't shared it on LinkedIn. Oh my god, Kyle! I use Twitter and Instagram for such things. Come on. Anyway, I want to read you what this woman has said about bad bosses. Can yes. I do that? 
Okay, so this is a short article she wrote. It might be too long, I might have to delete some of this, but here we go, called, A Bad Boss Can Destroy Everything. Employees don't leave organizations, they leave bad bosses. The worst place an employee can be is stuck in an organization with a micromanager who doesn't care about their development and there are no opportunities for growth and advancement. In my early career, I worked for a bad boss who put profit before people and sought gain out of every ounce of productivity of the employees. We didn't even stop to celebrate team successes. It was about quickly moving along to the next goal. There was no real leadership, only management. The culture was basically do as you are told. Suggestions and recommendations by employees and even results of viewpoint surveys were often ignored. Employees became disengaged and focused solely on their salary and looked forward to the weekends. This was the only high point. Most individuals did nothing extra outside of their job specifications. The workload was unfeasible. However, at 4pm on the dot... Side note, who finishes work at 4pm? <laughs> I want to finish work at 4pm. However, at 4pm on the dot, employees could be seen leaving the office as if there was a fire drill taking place. Team spirit and morale was extremely low. I felt stifled. Thus, I didn't stay there very long. Employee turnover was high. Many individuals wanted to leave, but because of debts or accumulated retirement earnings, they remained. Sadly, today, the company is no longer in operation. No matter how great a company's product and or services may be, if management is dysfunctional, that company will have serious problems. The typical bad boss spends their time directing and monitoring employees rather than empowering them. Micromanaging is oppressive, fosters anxiety and creates a high-stress work environment. Eventually, employees will become disenchanted and quit. A bad boss can take good staff and destroy them, causing the best employees to flee, to flee and the remainder to lose all motivation. Um, blah, blah, not relevant. A boss sets the tone. One study found that a bad boss can take a negative toll on employees' mental and physical health. Yes, a boss can make employees sick. Employees of bad managers are at greater risk for high blood pressure, chronic stress, sleep problems, anxiety, substance abuse issues, overeating, heart attacks, and other health problems. Employees yearn for good bosses. A recent study said that 56% of employees would turn down a 10% rise to stay with a great boss. There is nothing like having a boss who genuinely cares about their team. They support, empower, and appreciate their employees. Employees are willing to do more and give more. Most companies don't currently think about great managers as a benefit or publicize that benefit to, empl to prospective employees. But it is a great incentive in keeping staff happy and engaged. That is what Bridget Hyacinth from LinkedIn says. She is a HR person. What I, are your thoughts? Well... My first thought is that I read like a page and a half out of a book about corn and you were like, <laughs> whoa, that's way too long. We got to cut that down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I read two screenshots, <laughs> two screenshots and it's not about corn. Um, Would you object if it was vegetable related? <laughs> <laughs> I think all of that's kind of fair enough and, and pretty obvious i mean maybe obvious isn't the right word um but if it's obvious carl why are there so many bad bosses out there you've had one i've had one that means we've both had one that's 100 percent of people in this room okay so i don't want to have to be put in the position to defend bad bosses already <laughs> um i'll do that i'll do that closer to the end of the podcast <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay, you'll be like from my experience as a boss, you're all shit. <laughs> um no, I mean there is a there's a natural power struggle 
not maybe power struggle is not the right word. There's a natural tendency for bosses and workers to disagree about what is happening and what the best ways to fix those things are. And historically, the workers do not benefit from what's the best for the company. Mm, this is true. That's some like Viva la Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Up with the workers, down with the bosses. You don't know this, Carl, but I'm actually executing you after this podcast with your employees. I'd like you to try. <laughs> um, no, but I think, um, sure. I mean, to me, that sounds okay. So she works in HR. Mm. She might have some perspective that other people don't. But I feel like that quote could be from any employee who has ever worked at any company ever. Yeah, it's pretty general. Um, could you give me an example of a time that you've had a bad boss? I'm expecting some sort of hilarity. <laughs> um, this is a difficult topic. What can Claire. you What can you talk about without completely giving away who everybody involved <laughs> is? I don't. I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind sharing. Um, I'm just trying to think of one that might be funny. Um, actually, so. Um, I don't know if this is quite the typical bad boss uh, as as you've just read it, but my first job I ever had was for a convenience store. Mm -hmm. I was 14 years old. Is that even legal? It's legal. It's the earliest legal working age in the U.S. I think it's the same in the U.K. actually. Um, so it was a summer job and basically I would – kind of sort the newspapers for the local convenience store. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know. What does that even mean? So, be like no, so they would get delivered in sections. So it would be like, here's the main section, then here's a pack of ads, then here's like the entertainment section or whatever. And so I had to go through... Um, I had to go through each bundle and pull out one of each and make them into like a complete paper mm. and then stack them all in like this big rack outside because it was like the Sunday news mm -hmm. um, that would have, you know, this was like a convenience store in the early 90s in, in suburban America. <laughs> you know, this is like a, the, you know, might as well have been Black Friday, you know. Um, <laughs> Black, so, <laughs> Black Friday on newspapers every <laughs> Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. Like I, I would have to go in at like six in the morning and and sort them all and stack them in a very specific way in a rack outside so mm. that because a ton of people would come in just to get the Sunday newspaper on their way past. Um, but basically my boss would um, uh, he was a he was an all right guy. He did he did his best. Um, but he would play Jimmy Buffett's Christmas album <laughs> every single weekend. As I said, this was a summer job <laughs> where I had to be there Sunday morning at 6 a.m. And every fucking morning he was playing Jimmy Buffett's Christmas album. He was just like, it's my favorite album, you know, it just just like kind of gets the mood right, you know. <laughs> Just like, for a nice hot sunny <laughs> Sunday morning. <laughs> That's a good one. My um, 
So my first ever job was uh, slave labor for my mother. And I had to fold property details into three and then put them in an envelope and then stick a stamp on them and then stick an address on them. This is when you used to like mail out houses that you could buy to people. Mm. Um, and I'd been doing this sat in the living room for about three hours. My mum came in and I'd stuck all the stamps on the wrong side. Oh, no. <laughs> I had to do the whole thing all over again. But I had to cut every single stamp off the envelope and then print stick it on the <laughs> on the new oh, envelope. no. <laughs> but my first real job was when I was 15. I worked in a pub. And... Mm. um. I started off washing dishes, which was the worst, because it was like out in a shed and it would be freezing cold and I'd be washing dishes. And oh, it was so grim, like scraps of other people's food are revolting. And then I got upgraded to waitressing. Um, but I didn't do it for very long because people used to like smack me on the bum all the time. And when I told my boss about it, Ugh. who she was like, yeah, I was a 15 year old girl Ugh. and she was like a 40 year old woman. And she went, well, that's what waitresses get. Oh, no. <laughs> and um, so I just stopped going. And then she called me one day to find out why I just stopped uh, going. Um, and I said, I'm not coming back to work anymore. Um, and she said something shitty. And I like, wanted to have a really great reply, but thought of nothing. So I just went, screw you, and put the phone down. And that was the <laughs> end of that job. Um, I also had a brief stint in the food and drink field. Mm. I worked as a busboy for... Uh, a very high-end restaurant in Rhode Island that mm -hmm. was, like, uh, near the water. It was, like, uh, you know, over overlooking, like, the pier or whatever, very high-end restaurant. And it was my first my first job as a busboy. What and is a busboy? A busboy is the person who comes and cleans the table after you eat. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, I was 16 and had recently grown my hair to about shoulder length, which they didn't like. Yeah. Um, I bet you looked great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they had all these dress code things. Like you had to wear like black pants and a white shirt and it had to be tucked in. And I remember one time my belt broke and I duct taped it back together and they were really <laughs> mad about it. And... Um, yeah, there were a few times where like I dropped somebody's plate or like I took somebody's drink that they were still drinking and then they had to make them a new drink. And I was really, <laughs> like, one drink is three hours wages. You're like, Please I... <laughs> take out of my pay. <laughs> um, I was really not, uh, I was really not suited for that job. And my boss called me on the phone and said that she just didn't think I was cut out to be a bus boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so upsetting. Um, what other stupid... I've had a lot of really, really silly jobs. I'm trying to think where else I've had a bad, bad boss. Oh, I worked for a company once where um, my boss was the owner of the company. And he used to regularly sit me down and then tell me how lucky I was to have my job. How I should be so grateful that I got paid. And how I'd be like thanking him one day. And I just remember every time he did it, I'd be like, dude, this is so weird. You own this company and you pay me fuck all. Like what a weird way to be and it was it was like this really really boring job um I didn't stay very long because he drove me nuts but he'd always be like you should be so grateful for this employment um do you not want to tell me what the job was was for it was like a marketing job okay it was it was really so boring. you weren't you weren't thankful and you didn't learn anything from it um I think I learned stuff but I mainly learned to like not listen to like dumb white men saying stuff loud 
I know you hate it when I group people in that way. <laughs> it was just always like, be so grateful. I was like, I'm not. It got super weird. He was a very strange boss. Um, I did have probably the worst boss I've had was I was doing over the phone sales for a company. And basically, I was expected to just be on the phone constantly. Mm. Um, and it was it was the kind of job where like you make a sale on the phone and then you hang up the phone and you pick up the phone again to make another sale. Mm-hmm. I believe um, they call them call centers. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't a call center like that. Like there were only five of us mm-hmm. that worked there and it was kind of like mom and pop-ish. And mm-hmm. a lot of the people who we were selling to were like mom and pop-ish stores. Mm-hmm. And like that really didn't suit the vibe. And the company had all these other fucking problems with, like, their warehouse and other staff. And there were no real managers there Mm. um, except for the one boss. And basically at the end of every month, they would – and this this was not a commission-based job. Like, I I made a regular salary. But at the end of every month, he would look at the sales numbers and that was the only – that was the only thing how you would be judged for the entire month of work. And it was like, well, I did all this stuff that made the warehouse better managed because nobody could fucking, you know, figure out how to pack boxes and how to properly manage inventory. And like I would have to basically defend myself Mm -hmm. as to like all the other things that I was good for at the company, even if I didn't like have very high sales that month. Um And yeah, at the time I fucking hated it and I hated my boss and it was the worst thing ever, but I learned how to stick up for myself. Yeah. Kyle is now an incredibly tough negotiator. And um, in quite recent times, um, I was crying in the fetal position on on Kyle's couch while he screamed, don't be a pussy (laughs) at me over and over in a very loving way, in like a loving and supporting way. Um, (laughs) I once had, I worked at this hotel, um, back, back in England, I worked at this hotel and I worked like split shifts doing chamber maiding, which is awful. Like cleaning, literally cleaning toilets and uh, changing beds all day. Chamber maiding. Chamber maid. Yeah. That's what you call them, isn't it? Chamber maid. Don't chamber maids like work in a castle though? Nah, just in England, I think. Okay. It's just like your hotel maid. That was me, basically. So I did that, and then I waitressed as well. And they used to do this thing where you could, like, breakfast and dinner were included, but lunch was a fiver. So they had this till set up at the entrance to the dining hall, and people would come in and give you a fiver. Um, But the till didn't function as a till in any way, apart from basically just like a cash box. So everybody used to nick money at the till. I never did it, because that is outright stealing. But um, everybody nicked money from the till all the time. And they'd always be trying to, like, catch people. And um, all the managers would be like, empty your pockets at a moment's notice. Because if you had, like, no loads of... No way. Yeah. Because if you had £5 notes in your pocket, you'd just get fired. So you weren't allowed to ever have more than £10 cash on you. And you were meant to, like, declare any of your cash any time that you ever had any. And you weren't allowed tips. Like, it, it, all the tips went into this box, but no one ever got them. Um and then this, like, the, the thieving at lunchtime kept happening. So they turned one of the CCTV cameras around. They used to point at the bar. And they caught who was stealing. And it was three of the managers. Mm. <laughs> so it wasn't the underlings at all. I think 
if somebody told me to empty my pockets while I was working, I would not continue to work there. Don't you think now, I think about some of the jobs I had when I was like late teens, early 20s, or, you know, like 15 through to like 22. Uh-huh. And some of the things that used to go on now, I'd just be like, are you joking? Like, absolutely not. Like, empty your pockets mid-shift. Like, no, <laughs> go away. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with people? Um, I have worked at uh, many different jobs. Many. I was a janitor for a summer. Um, you kind of suit janitor. Like I, I, I imagine you well, rocking over. Fuck you. <laughs> you. I just meant you'd look good in dungarees. That's all. Um, it was for a supermarket. I didn't wear dungarees. I don't know what those are, but I, (laughs) I'm not going to explain. Um, I wore normal, normal clothes, the same as everyone else in a supermarket. Um, I have lots of awful stories from, from that job for sure. Um, I also worked in a coffee shop. Um, were you a barista? Uh, I suppose it was at, um, so this was at a shop called Bess Eaton Donuts, uh, <laughs> which was actually bought out by Tim Hortons. Oh. Um, so it used to be a chain, it used to be a chain in the U.S. Um, they were well known for the coffee that they called the Tank, Ooh. which was 64 ounces of iced coffee. And they had special. How much is that? Is that a lot? 64 ounces it's like like a pint uh no much more than that it's like um like it would give me a heart attack closer to a liter what no i'm I'm gonna look up how how many a liter no it couldn't have been 64 ounces 64 ounces is 1.89 liters (laughs) (laughs) no do you know that's like too heavy to carry (laughs) Okay, it was 32 ounces, which is, which is just short of a liter, yeah. Jesus. Um, I would have a heart attack and die. A lot of that must have been ice. Uh, yeah, well, they had, this, they had this special ice. It was crushed ice. We were the only coffee, coffee shop around that had crushed ice. Um, but while you, while you were on shift, you were allowed to eat as many donuts as you wanted and drink as much coffee as you wanted, as long as you brought your own cup in. Jesus. So, <laughs> <laughs> were you just like, brrr, oh, like sugar yeah. and caffeine? Oh, yeah. You were like the worst person to have that job. <laughs> you eat so much, yet you always stay thin and you love coffee. You must have eaten and drunk them dry. Oh, man. I I probably had two or three of these coffees a, a day, like oh a my shift. God, I would Kyle. just constantly be drinking iced coffee. It was so good. And back back in those days, I had it uh, double double, just uh, extra cream, extra sugar. You know, oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna ask. Do you have like the the job stories are fun, but I but you know, I'm wondering if you had something a bit more relevant to our adult lives and and working environment, talking about bosses. Um, not really. It's something that's been on my mind a bit of late. Um, I just think that, you know, I read a lot of stuff on LinkedIn where everyone's like, oh, like, this is how you should be a good manager. This is how you should be a good manager. Um, yeah, the majority of managers I've had in the majority of positions I've had have been pretty terrible with like no real clue what they're doing. And I just want to know, is it just me or is it everyone? Like, does anyone have a clue how to manage people? Because I don't think I do. You manage people. I manage people. I think I'm pretty good at it. Do you um, 
do you what's it called um what's it called when you like micromanage do you micromanage, micromanage. um i use the micromanage quite a bit um like do you leave people alone to do their own shit yes yes i do is that good or bad um I, well, here's the thing that I think I get flack for sometimes is that I'm fine to let people do their own thing. But if like, if somebody fucks up, then I tell them they fucked up. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I mean, I hope you don't say in that exact tone, you fucked up. Yeah, I you do. do. <laughs> yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not okay. Um, that's not okay. You can't say you fucked up like that. You need to be nicer. Well, you need to offer gentle encouragement and critique. No, that's not. That's not. The, that's not reality, Claire. But I mean, why is that not reality? I don't work with children. Like, why? Why should? Oh, I don't know if I want to be talking about this. I've had bosses that have been very soft, but then then are like you you don't know where you stand like you're not sure if like am I doing this right am I doing this wrong because they're very wishy-washy and matey and I don't know if you can be mates with your boss like I don't know if that's right um I'm definitely not wishy-washy and I'm I don't think they see me as their mates yeah like it's a bit weird like I used to have a boss that always wanted to go out for drinks with me I'm like, that's kind of odd. Like, there's, I think it should be a line. I did have a boss that I, that I went out for drinks with and I would have lunch with regularly and stuff. I, I, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I guess so. So, you know, one of, one of the things that I think is a, is a very modern kind of hipsterish work environment thing is like the perks around the office. That's a weird one, right? So, like, people have... Uh, you know, like the Google offices or whatever where, you know, everything is fucking beanbag chairs and they have like, you know, a beer fridge and like, you know, games and a pool table and all these things. Yeah, there's um, there's a ping pong table in my office and it got carried out the other day and I was like, there's the end of fun. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, like, there it goes, straight in the lift. But like, so we had this ping pong table there, but no one ever fucking played ping pong. You get fired. <laughs> Don't play ping pong. Do your job. So in my office, we've got a ping pong table. We've got a just one random spin bike bicycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a treadmill that only does a brisk walk. Okay. And they're just in the middle of the office. Uh, but no coffee machine. I'm like, guys, priorities. Like, I don't want a spin bicycle. I have <laughs> never seen a single person sat on that spin bicycle, apart from the cleaning lady who lies over the handlebars <laughs> and drinks tea out of a thermos. <laughs> no one else has ever fucking sat on that bike. A pedal has not been pedaled in years. Um, no, it's uh, it's funny. I uh, Actually, at, for a meeting, I went to... Um, I'm going to be a bit coy. The, the offices of a very large Chinese-based tech company uh-huh. who, ha- who has an <laughs> office in, in Shanghai. And they had an entire floor of foosball tables, ping pong tables, 
um, you know, like a bar. It was it was literally a, an entire floor of it, and I was just like, "This is awesome!" And I and I and I asked that you know I was having a meeting there, and I was like, "Do people actually use this? Like, do people do people do this?" And he said that most of the time people would after they got off of work. Yeah. Uh, like at the end of the day, people would go down and and play some games before they went home. Yeah, when and I'm I, done, I'm like, bye. Uh, yeah, but um, I think I think that's actually really good. Like like that's a that's a good use of it um, because it's still kind of team building, and like you know, it's not on work hours where somebody's going to come down and be like, "What are you doing? Get back to your desk." <laughs> um, but. Um, yeah, I don't, we, my current office, we do have a coffee machine, of course. How I mean, could you, you would how die. How could you not have a coffee machine? <laughs> if you didn't have, like, caffeine IV'd into you every 30 minutes, you'd die. Um, we, I don't have any other very fun things like that. We do have a television. Sometimes people will play, uh, computer games on their lunch break. Yeah, that's fair enough. And everyone, everyone else will sit around the television and watch. I have, do you know what happens at my office is, um, every day at about three o'clock, they bring out a snack. Um, and it's assorted snacks and they announce it in Chinese in the group chat, whatever the daily snack is. And they send a photo and depending on the quality of snack, um, it depends how many of my colleagues rampage the length of the office mm. to grab said snack. So mango and strawberry are the office favorites. And the minute the picture comes up in the group chat, it's like, vroom, a thousand people the length of the office. Um, but the mangoes, they get the mini mangoes, but they don't chop them in any way. And there isn't like cutlery. So people are just like, peeling just fisting mangoes <laughs> <laughs> literally like peeling whole mangoes with their hands and stuffing them in their mouths unbelievable what other weird perks so i um i spoke to a recruiter a while ago about a job and they're like i was talking to them about annual leave and they're like oh you only get five days holiday a year which i think should be a, a crime against humanity um she was like, but we do have a badminton court. <laughs> and I was like, great, for all that badminton I can't play during my annual leave. <laughs> like, having a badminton court doesn't make up for only giving your employees five days holiday a year. Um, well, I've heard that all these that all these perks from Google and, and those sorts of offices are just to get people comfortable with spending as much time at the office as they possibly can. Yeah. Like if you can eat dinner at the office and sleep there and watch a movie and whatever, like you have no reason to not just spend 12 hours there. Oh, God, that's so miserable. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. But people and people in America do in, like work balance there is insane, right? Is it any better than here? I couldn't comment. I've only ever worked here. You've worked in both places. Um, I I think it's I think it's just as bad. Oh, actually, I read it. I read a really interesting article. Um, you know, everyone in China loves to talk about the nine nine six, which we should maybe give a a, a brief oh yeah description for for so our listeners. It's basically a Chinese tech company phenomenon where employees work from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. six days a week, 996. And, it, and it's supposed to be like the, like the sign of like a company that really hustles, you know, somebody who like really gets a lot of work done and is really making moves and, and doing all these things. Like they live by the 996 attitude, you know. 
Um, but I, I read an article, I think it was in Radii, mm. where they interviewed a lot of uh, Chinese staff who work at these companies that do 996. And most of them were like, yeah, we pretty much don't do anything during the day mm. because we're expected to do the 996. And so if we I, start working at 6 p.m. <laughs> no, they were literally like, if I if I finish all my work during the day, then I don't have anything to do until 9 p.m. And I'm expected to stay until 9 p.m. So I just do nothing during the day. So this is a big issue I have with a lot of like office based jobs where they're like, you must come in for these working hours. And I'm like, but I've done everything and it's 3 p.m. I want to go home. Like, I really think that more companies should be like, get your shit done how and where and when you get your shit done as long as you hit your deadlines is your own business the thing the thing that i've the thing that i've noticed with my own work habits and with those of my colleagues mm. is that because my job is completely digital like we have no reason to have an office literally everyone mm. could do everything they do from home and we would be totally fine um, but if somebody's working from home they do the minimum amount of work that needs to be done that day. Mm. And if they're working in the office and they finish that minimum amount of work, they find something else to do. Because they've got to be there anyway. Yes, exactly. And sure, sometimes they might just be texting or, you know, looking at something on their phone or something like that. And honestly, I let people do all that stuff because we work in social media and it helps me when they know about the trends and things that are going on. You literally need your staff to be like on Weibo. You need them to be scrolling. Yeah. Um, So like I, you know, I definitely allow for a fair amount of that. But it's like they... You know, if you finish your stuff, it, it, it no, it's not like that. It's like because the work that we do is not so defined. You know, it's not a factory. We're mm. do, we're doing marketing. It's very it's very open based. You know, yeah. And you could have I could have one employee working one account. 40 hours a week and they could conceivably spend all of their time working on one client and just thinking of new ways to make it better, coming up with new ideas for custom content, trying out different things, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And if I give that same person a hundred accounts, then they're going to divide up the time between those accounts. But there's, there's no, there's no set amount of time that is too much or too little to be working on something like that. Yeah, for sure. So if their attitude is, oh, I need to do X, Y, and Z today, and then I'm done. Then they do X, Y, and Z, and then they go do something else because they're at home. And if they're in the office and they finish X, Y, Z, and it's three o'clock, then at least there's a chance that with the remaining four hours, they're going to do something useful yeah. because they're they're there and among their peers and talking to me. And you know, it's a in that way, it's a bit more of a collaborative work environment that that maybe getting them to work on things that that wouldn't be otherwise touched upon if they were at home. Yeah. Um, I think I I love working from home. If I could, I would work fully remote always. No, I'm not Um, about it. Oh, no, I love it. Like, if if it was me, if it was like me running a company, I would hope that you hire people who aren't the sort of people that are like, oh, well, fuck it, I guess I'm done for today then. Like... Hire people that are that want more that like want to do better. No, I don't think that's fair. I think it's I think it's in your nature. 
Mm. But I think it's in my nature. Like I worked from home, like, you know, for a long time, again, for a marketing company. So it was very, very like open. Um, and I got loads done and did very well at that job. Um, but I think I'm quite motivated, you know, like I had a day off today and I got shitloads of stuff done, um, like really productive. Um, I just enjoy it because I'm like, I can, you know, I'm at home with my dog. I have like my bathroom, um, and like small things. Like I like to be able to wake up, take my dog out. And then I come back, do my emails, blah, 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 catch up on like everything that's going on, anything I missed overnight. And then like take a shower and like freshen up. And it's just like a different order of doing stuff that I think works better for me. Um, so it's definitely something like if I could choose, I would be fully remote. No, but I don't think I'm a do the bare minimum kind of person. No, I don't think that's fair. I'm not. I'm not trying to class any classify anyone as a do the bare minimum type person. I think it's in. I think it's in your nature. It's it's in it's in your surroundings. And I think if you if you are at a place where work gets done, then you do work there. And if you're at a place that's your home, then your mindset about the work is different. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that the people I work with aren't highly motivated because mm. they definitely are. And we definitely, you know, if there are times where we're working at home, everybody gets their work done. That's yeah. not that's I'm not accusing people of being slacking. I do the same thing. If if I'm working at home, then it's just different between like how you're how you're spending your time and what you're thinking about during that time. Mm. I think definitely like I think when I work from home, I end up spending like I'll start work earlier and I'll finish work later. But that's because I'm very conscious of the fact that I will like take more breaks during the day. I'll be like, oh, like I've got a delivery. I'm going to look at that and like I'm actually going to just do a load of laundry while I'm here. So I think my attention is more split, um, which, but then I make up for it. Mm. So I actually think I end up working longer hours when I work from home. Mm. Um, like for sure. Okay. Uh, you got anything else you want to, you want to go to the last segment? Let's go to the last segment. So our final segment, the dumbest thing you've heard all week. What, what have you got for us, Claire? <laughs> you start. I want to hear your dumb thing first. Okay. My, I kind of forgot about this segment. My I'm dumbest, rack my brain. <laughs> uh, my dumbest thing I heard this week was on Reddit about an hour ago. Excellent. Um, it was somebody complaining that they left YouTube on for their six-year-old son and they came back into the room and they were watching a video um, about race issues. Right. And the title of this post was, My six-year-old son just asked me if he's white. <laughs> and and <laughs> like, was he? Like cliffhanger? He, he was. He was. Um, but he was very upset at the liberal left for making him aware that he was white at only six years old. And of course the entire comment section was, why is your fucking six year old son on YouTube without supervision? That's pretty much the least offensive thing that he could have possibly found. 
like a philosophical discussion about race. <laughs> Do you remember there was a whole phase a couple of years ago where people were like editing kids' cartoons and putting them back together yeah, and including like, like horrific shit in the middle yeah. of it. <laughs> and all these parents were like, meh. And I'm like, stop, don't, don't just put your kid in front of YouTube. <laughs> like not recommended. Buy it on DVD, mate. <laughs> like YouTube, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that parent got off lightly. That's mm. funny. I wish I existed in the world of Reddit. I just don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how it works. Judge, you know, the other day I just googled Reddit <laughs> to see what would come up. Let me guess. It was Reddit. It was Reddit, and then it was a Wikipedia page about Reddit. I'm shocked. <laughs> Which? <laughs> what were you expecting to find? I didn't click on Reddit. I clicked on Reddit's Wikipedia page. <laughs> Okay. Instead, and was like, I'll learn about it this way. I understand Wikipedia. And this has been What It's About with Kyle and Claire. You can find us on Instagram at What It's About Pod. You can send us an email at What It's About Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on our website, which is What It's About dot fun. Yes, dot fun. Our intro song is Retro Electro by Mario Cole. Other music this week from Ashutosh Music, Mativ, and What a Boy. What a Boy. I really like that name. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Ha, ha, ha.